Good morning and welcome to the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily number 401. It is Monday, July 19th, 2021. I'm your host, Scott Gumbar, and law firm for Fortune 500, hit with ransomware and data breach. This podcast is brought to you by Nuage Tech, a client-focused and security-minded IT consultant based in Central Connecticut. You can visit us at nuagetech.com. That's N-W-A-J-Tech.com. Good morning. Happy Monday. Welcome to a new week in a new series of the product of IT Cybersecurity Daily. In other words, the 400s. So now we're going to march towards 500. That's cool, right? And it's ironic that we're going to talk about a law firm that's that represents fortune 500 companies today but before we get into that it's also ironic that today's episode 401 if you're in the it world you know the significance of 401 but i could promise you that uh we're here it's not going anywhere wherever you listen to this if you could like share comment to review that would be spectacular and if you're in a hipaa compliant business you can be you can go to Facebook and or LinkedIn and type Get HIPAA Compliance into the search and join the group. And I'm thinking about creating one for law firms too, so um, stay tuned. Stay tuned for that. Let's jump into the news for today. First up, Google did release a security update for Chrome. The eighth Google Chrome zero day of the year was identified and so Google Chrome has released version 91.0.4472.164 for all major OSs, operating systems that is. The vulnerability CVE 2021-30563 is already being exploited in the wild, so make sure you update your Google Chrome. And if you are a client of Nuage Tech, it has already been updated, so good for you. A proactive IT client, that is. Speaking of updates, Cisco also released some updates. Cisco has released security updates to address vulnerabilities in adaptive security appliance software release 9.16.1 and firepower threat defense software release 7.0.0. A remote attacker could exploit this vulnerability to cause a denial of service condition. So you should go review the Cisco security alert and um, then, of course, take the necessary precautions including updates. Um, Some more info on Windows 11. As we know, if you've been listening to this at all, Windows 11 is coming later this year. Um, It does claim to have a few new features. So one of them is the new start menu that, from what I understand, people that are beta testing, and I'll be honest, I have not, I, I plan to put it in a virtual environment. I haven't gotten to it yet, um, but supposedly the start menu uh, it's not a favorite of the people that have tested it so far. It doesn't come with traditional live tiles. It comes with a new interface that uses static icons for Microsoft Store apps, Microsoft Edge-powered progressive web apps, and other programs similar to Windows 10X and Chrome. We've talked about the progressive web apps before. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be a fan of that, but we'll see. I don't, you know, I'm, I have, I'm not a really a big fan of Google Chromebooks, so it's, from what I understand, it, that's sort of what progressive web apps is supposed to be but um, it will include default it will have pinned apps like calculator Microsoft Edge and settings like Windows 10 Windows 11's start menu will show apps and websites only 
However, users won't be able to group apps to create a folder or a feature that is currently offered in Windows 10 live tile interface. I don't see people moving to Windows 11 right away, to be honest. You can still right-click on any icon to access the app settings and pin it to the taskbar, which is good because I love to pin things to the taskbar if I frequently use them. At the moment, users need to modify the registry to change the size of the taskbar. It's likely that taskbar customization options will be offered via Windows settings to switch in future. File Explorer, we've talked about before. Windows 11 still comes with the same File Explorer, but it's getting some much-needed improvements. For instance, File Explorer now includes new icons, rounded corners, and dark mode improvements. Microsoft has optimized the interface for the Explorer for both mouse and touch users. Uh, and so there's a, this is on Bleepy Computer. There's actually a screenshot of it in dark mode. New sap snapping experience. So, you know, if you're familiar with um, Windows 10 snap features where you did two equal-sized side-by-side um, windows on the screen. They're going to have, it looks like, four, or you can actually change it to four boxes or, you know, different different ways of the two side-by-side, -side, but it could be four, it could be three, it could be um, three side-by-side, um, kind of like... Uh, I don't know. I've I've seen this, you know, kind of layout before where you can snap things into different places. Windows widgets. Microsoft is introducing Windows widgets. Um, I don't know if that's going to be on all devices. It looks like it might. Does so. You've seen the weather already in Windows 10. If you're up to date and the news and all that good stuff that is there. Battery usage. Redesigned battery settings page, which will give you about. It will give you detailed graphs about what your usage is and what's using all your battery. Um, virtual desktops. Microsoft is redesigning the virtual desktop screen with some much-needed multitasking improvements. In addition to the new design, Microsoft is introducing three new features. The ability to change the position of each virtual desktop, customize the, the backgrounds for all virtual desktops, and support for multi-monitor setup. Um, virtual desktops not so that's not a virtual machine it's virtual so you create you know you have one desktop and then you could click to another desktop that's a feature that does exist now uh, but they're improving it and it's so I mean it's newer to Windows it's not newer to computing because Linux has had that for quite some time and I believe Mac has as well new DNS over HTTPS feature which we knew was coming if you pay attention to browsers improved gps or not gps yeah okay not gps gpu controls improved sound device settings and it looks like wider rollout so early 2022 is when they expect the full rollout of windows 11. so some of us will be using it later this year but overall most of us will be later in 2022, early 2022. On Bleepy Computer, Hello Kitty Ransomware is targeting vulnerable sonic wall devices. We talked about the vulnerable sonic wall devices already last week. Uh, that's the SMA100 series, which is no longer supported, end of life. And the SRA products, also end of life. They are being exploited by Hello Kitty Ransomware Group. So if you have these in your environment, it, the best thing to do is to just purchase a new device uh, 
you know, whether it's Sonawal or another brand, but you, you're, you're fighting an uphill battle if you still have one of these in your environment. And apparently there's quite a few out there. If you have one in your environment, you are a target for sure because you cannot be fully supported at this point. D-Link issues hotfix for hard-coded password router vulnerabilities, also on Bleeping Computer. D-Link has issued a firmware hotfix to address multiple vulnerabilities in the DIR3040 AC3000 based wireless internet router. So if you have this router, firmware hotfix to fix it now, multiple vulnerabilities, which was reported by Cisco Talos. Authentication bypass via specifically crafted requests, so CVE 2021-21818 and 218120. Hard-coded password and credentials vulnerability exists in the router Zebra IP routing manager and the libcle test environment functionality. So those vulnerabilities are being addressed in the firmware hotfixes. If you have this router at home or in your business, you should take care of that now. Critical Cloudflare, Cloud, not Cloudflare, Cloudflare, CDN, flow, oh my goodness, let's start over, bleepy computer. Critical Cloudflare CDN flaw allowed compromise of 20, 12%, I don't know what's wrong with me, it's Monday, we got the Monday morning blues here, 12% of all sites. Cloudflare has fixed a critical vulnerability in its free and open source CDN JS potentially impacting 12.7% of all websites on the internet. So we should actually be calling that 13%. We round up after halfway mark. CDNJS serves millions of websites with over 4,000 JavaScript and CSS libraries stored publicly on GitHub, making it the second largest JavaScript CDN. The vulnerability exploits compromised publishing packages to Cloudflare's CDNJS using GitHub and NPM to trigger a path traversal vulnerability and eventually remote code execution. If exploited, the vulnerability would lead to a complete compromise of CDNJS infrastructure. From zip slip to remote code execution, this week's security researcher Ryota K explains how he was able to find a method to completely compromise Cloudflare's CDNJS network while researching supply chain attacks. Content delivery networks perform a critical role in upholding the security, integrity, and availability of the internet as a vast majority of websites rely on these services to load popular JavaScript libraries and CSS scripts. CDNs can become a choice of targets for adversaries as if compromised, the attack can have far-reaching consequences for many websites, online stores, and their customers. While glancing over CDNJS.com, Ryota K noticed that for libraries that did not exist in CDNJS, he would could suggest the addition of a new library via CDNJS GitHub repository. After exploring this GitHub repository and the adjacent ones that together make the CDNJS ecosystem work, Ryota K figured a way to trick the servers into executing arbitrary code. So, sounds like what he is. Cloudflare issues many fixes to squash the bug, so they've they have fixed this. Um, but it sounds like sort of a supply chain attack in that you could trick Cloudflare into using a CDNJS, a, you know, a JavaScript or a CSS script um, that's that's uh, compromised and creates vulnerabilities for other people. So interesting concept. You know, I... I these security researchers, they fascinate me because I just, like, do they sleep? 
I don't know. It's, it's amazing the stuff that they find because obviously that's, you know, you don't go in looking for it unless something piques your interest and then, yes, you're probably looking for it. But to, to find something like this, I mean, it says that he kind of noticed a, something that may have triggered a, a thought in his mind is what it sounds like. But to, to be able to find stuff like this and some of the other stuff they find is unreal. So imagine what the hackers are doing out there the bad guys. Again, I say it all the time and I'll say it again. Hackers are not bad guys exclusively. Some good people are hackers too. And those are the security researchers of the world. So we got a, the blue hat hackers, the guys that find the flaws and report them responsibly. Uh, also bleep a computer ransomware hits firm law firm counseling fortune 500 and global 500 companies. Wait till you hear the list of some of these companies. Campbell, Conroy, and O'Neill PC, Campbell for short, a U.S. law firm counseling dozens of Fortune 500 and Global 500 counsel, uh, companies, has disclosed a data breach following a February 2021 ransomware attack. Campbell's client list, and there's a link to a client list here, and I'm not going to go through the whole list because even the short list is, is intense, includes high-profile companies from various industry sectors, including automotive, aviation, energy, insurance, pharmaceutical, retail, hospitality, and transportation. So here's some of their current clients, just some. Exxon, Apple, Mercedes-Benz, Boeing, Home Depot, British Airways, Dow Chemical, Alliance Insurance, Universal Health Services, Marriott International, Johnson & Johnson, Pfizer, Time Warner, and many others. So you can expect there to be further data breaches as a result and um, the, and there was def data theft here and lots of phishing attacks as a result. On February 27, 2021, Campbell became aware of an unusual activity on its network. The law firm revealed in a press release issue earlier on, this was reported on Sunday. So they reported it over the weekend. And so a little known secret, or maybe you do know, I don't know. They will intentionally report these things on the slower news days. In other words, people aren't really paying attention to the news on Sunday. So they report it on Sunday so it gets less attention. But they reported it on Sunday. Um, Campbell conducted an investigation and determined that the network was impacted by ransomware, which prevented access to certain files on the system. The company hired third-party forensic investigators to investigate the incident after discovering the attack and notified the FBI of the security breach. Campbell issued a press release no providing notice because the investigation determined that information relating to affected individuals was accessed by threat actors behind the ransomware attack. While no clear evidence of the ransomware operators accessing specific information for each potentially impacted individual, Campbell confirmed that the affected devices contained various data types. As Campbell found, the attackers were able to access certain individuals' names, dates of birth, driver's license numbers, state ID numbers, financial account information, social security numbers, passport numbers, payment card information, medical information, health insurance information, biometric data. I don't know why a law firm needs biometric data, but and or online account credentials. Campbell offers 24 months of free access to credit monitoring, fraud consultation, and identity theft restoration services to all individuals whose social security numbers or equivalent information was exposed during the attack because, of course, they have international clients as well. Campbell didn't reveal the identity of ransomware group behind the attack 
or if the attacker stole the access data. However, over 20 different ransomware operations are known to steal sensitive files from victim servers before deploying payloads and encrypting their victims' devices, as we've talked about many times. The data stolen in these attacks is commonly used as lever leverage to force victims to pay ransoms under the threat of having their information gradually leaked online until the ransomware operator's demands are met. Furthermore, in some cases, the ransomware gangs are also increasing the ransom bit by bit until all the stolen files are leaked on sites specifically designed for this purpose. Um, so here's what I'll tell you. That these, some of their clients, it really depends on the information that was stolen. And I could just about guarantee you information was stolen. But, you know, you're talking some big players here. So if there's information that they don't want out there in the world, this is a ransom that will probably get paid. Unfortunately, they shouldn't pay, but they probably will. And we do have a little bit of HIPAA news, so let's get into that. 30,000 Florida Blue members impacted by brute force attack on member portal. The protected health information of 30,063 members of Florida Blue, which is Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Florida, may have been viewed or obtained in a brute force attack on the Florida Blue online member portal. Starting June 8, 2021, unknown individuals conducted a brute force campaign using a large database of user identifiers and corresponding passwords that was available from online sources in an attempt to gain access to the portal. The database appears to have been compiled from data breaches at third-party companies where username and password combinations had been compromised. And so this is something I have conversations with people all the time about. If you are involved in a breach and that password is in that breach, they're going to check it against other websites. So this is a perfect example of that. Florida Blue reports that some of those automated attempts were successful and the attacker gained access to information contained in online member accounts. This information typically included names, contact information, claims information, payment information, health insurance policy information, and other personal information. While access to accounts was gained, Florida Blue found no evidence to suggest any information in those accounts was removed by the attacker. Attacks such as this highlight the importance of setting strong, unique passwords for all online platforms. In the event of a breach at one platform, the password cannot then be used to access other accounts. So if I use password123 for, you know, a recent hack, let's say, uh, what was a recent one? Park Mobile was one. Um, then I don't want to use password123 anywhere else. And it, by the way, I don't use password123 anywhere, so don't try. Um, Florida Blue said that with brute force attack was detected, steps were taken to block the IP addresses used by the attacker, which they probably spoofed. New security measures are being implemented to enhance the security of its web portal to block any further attacks such as this. So I was going to say multi-factor authentication would be a good start. So, um, you know, bad job on the 30,000 members or, you know, whatever number of members on that site that were not using unique passwords, but also bad job for Florida Blue not having multi-factor authentication enforced on this website. It is medical information, so it should have multi-factor authentication. And that is going to do it for episode 401 and the Monday edition of the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily. So until Tuesday, stay healthy, stay safe, and stay secure.